much like if you truly believe in, in various forms of diversity, um, if we all only listened to one kind of music or we only had one kind of offering, um, how boring the world could be. But I found my way. Welcome to The Sponge Show. We're back. Uh, it's fall. We've made it through summer. We've made it into fall now. It's chilly outside. It's raining. It's glorious. All the colors are changing. And we're ready to get into like the school year learning time. And not that we don't learn the whole rest of the year, but I feel just like energized and ready for more of that. And that's what this show is all about. So what is The Sponge Show? The Sponge Show is... Um, where we come together, where we learn about people who are involved in the community, who are leaders of companies, who are trying things new, who are impacting culture and things like that. Um, my name is Brad Sabalski. I run a company called Be Connected in downtown Appleton. And let's dive in. So for this episode, I'm really excited about our guest today because um, she's affiliated with a name that I grew up looking up to because I, I was really involved in the music scene if you will. Um, and, and I always looked up to the stores as kind of like the gathering point for that. And so I'm really pleased to have Dee Dee Hyde here from Hyde Music. And uh, thanks for coming. Well, it's my pleasure, Brad. I've heard so many great things about you. And I feel like we're just starting to embark on a great friendship that will become. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. Um, well, I hope this isn't uh, I hope this is a good first step for that friend. <laughs> Just dive right in. Drinks, That's right. microphones. That's right. Um, so speaking of drinks, mm -hmm. um, part of being a sponge is absorbing things that are around you, right? So the first part of every show, we have a drink of choice that we get to consume the rest of the show. But it kind of says you learn a little bit about the other person and we get to explain about why we have the drink that we have and we could have rushed into a choice <laughs> that we might be somewhat embarrassed about or it could be really well thought out and something better than that so go. um let's dive into the first section of the show uh i'll i'll go first okay uh this i brought with me is an angry orchard um the followers of the show know that i cut out gluten last year so i used to be a big uh, beer nerd. And now, uh, I have resorted to things like wine and I've had red wine on every single episode of this show since it started. And now it's fall. So I went with cider. I went to the store to get my favorite cider, which would be angry orchard, actually like the light apple angry orchard. And they were out of that and they're out of the normal one. So I have rose apple <laughs> cider. In honor of breast cancer awareness yes, month, it's we pink. decided, right? Breast mm -hmm. cancer awareness month. Awesome. For all the ladies out there, um, I support you. <laughs> I like cider too. Good choice. Thanks. What awesome. do you have? I called up my friends downstairs at Katsuya and asked them to help me to mix the perfect Grey Goose extra dirty martini. Wow. Mm -hmm. You even got your whole mixer know, uh, right? contraption over there. So official. I know. So the best Grey Goose dirty martini involves vitamin water. Oh, got that just in case. <laughs> I'll put that down there. I thought that was part of the drink. You're it's always not. supposed to have a spacer, Brad. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I am do not do martinis. I wouldn't know this. Oh, really? Well, I mean, I drink a spacer with every cocktail I'm consuming, generally speaking. I drink my wine, but then I try to have a water with that, too. Smart. And vitamins, so I get you know, extra Smart. nutrients. Um, so you're, this is classy. You got a, you got a glass. You mixed it here right before we started recording, doing the whole shake thing. Look at you. 
I, love I need it. a little more help. Maybe I need to watch Cocktail from Tom Cruise again and yeah. really learn how to shake <laughs> it a go. little better. But yeah, there try. you go. Well, uh, cheers. Cheers. And thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Let's dive in. Who is Dee Dee Hyde? A lot of people uh, know your name affiliation with the stores and see you at various events from a sponsorship standpoint. But what's the backstory for um, how you got involved and where you're, how you got to be where you're at right now? Sure. I've actually only been engaged truly um, on a day-to-day basis in our business for about seven years. So it does stem back a bit that um, we were talking before the show um, with one of your team members that I grew up actually outside of Madison. Um, so not from the Valley, where obviously um, my husband's grandfather had founded us here um, in 1948. So I grew up outside of Madison, and then my very first job out of college was selling newspaper advertising. And the reason that it's relevant is that's actually how I met my husband, Todd, really? was I went in to sell their family their advertisements. And 20 years later, um, we are very happy with our three children. And so since newspaper sales, I've run in a lot of different aspects of being in sales and marketing in my whole career. So in pharmaceutical sales, and then most recently before Hyde Music for a great company in Green Bay called Elevate 97. And I really enjoyed that in working with large brands throughout the country on how to deliver their messaging and bring together teams. Uh, But it was quite a bit of travel for me at the time. And with having um, children and Todd having more of his family exiting the business, we thought we could work pretty well day to day. And so I dove into Hyde Music um, seven years ago. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So and Elevate is pretty well known for doing some some like very big things for some very big brands from right from large format stuff to retail stuff to experiential stuff oh you've got it one of my favorite things was working with the tailor-made adidas golf team and calling on mark king um, who now is actually the head of adidas is how they like to say it i call it adidas but i think most um, people around here would call it adidas yeah (laughs) and he gave kate burgess and i the owner of elevate the opportunity to take golf lessons from um, jim flick uh, right after we were selling to him and his team and it was just amazing and he really just gets down to business and says, let's sell some shit. And <laughs> I think that was a good lesson to learn That's and awesome. keep it going. Well, I'm a big golf fan too. I didn't, oh, know, you I didn't know that. Awesome. I didn't know that you got to work on that account. That's fun. It was incredible. I worked at a golf course for, let's see, six, six years. Okay. Like high school through college and then up until I graduated. Sure. But yeah, so I got, I cut my teeth in, in ser- the service business, I guess, on a golf course. That's important. Lots yeah. of great lessons that can be learned. I'm not a great golfer. I really like more the team sport of golfing, Brad, and fundraisers. <laughs> I'm great at that. I've been known to do a few cartwheels down yeah. the course. So I guess that's a little bit more about Dee Dee Hyde. I like to have fun, <laughs> relax, be out with well, friends. Well, if you can't have fun, why do it? Absolutely. Right? Um, so what, what did you take away from the experience being like getting those type of opportunities? to implement at Hyde Music? Oh, so much. Um, it's interesting how sometimes probably you're in the moment of learning and you really don't know how much you're taking away until years later. So from times that I can remember in being more that frontline sales driver and then our head of operations saying to me how I was kind of being a little bit of a PIA because I just wanted it done yesterday and what would be on my driving force. And from the operations side, he would teach me to come to Gemba, the place where the work is done, and understand the impact. Um, that now when I'm in our business, 
and can help to have our team see that, that impact, right? That somebody might make a decision and the things and the trickle-down effect that it has to other team members and how to think on solutions more well-rounded had been a really good lesson that, that in the time, right, my main role was to drive sales and do that at any kind of cost, if you will, not because that's what I was being told, but how I just felt driven, Yeah. that now I can see more of that reflection of my friend Marcus saying, do you got to think of these other perspectives? So I bring that now to the table. Um, a lot of discipline. Mark King liked to teach us a lot about being on time, that if you have a meeting that you needed to actually be, if the meeting was going to start at four, I to be at four, yeah, whoops. Um, that I should have really been here 15 <laughs> minutes prior because to be on time is to be late. So yeah. um, trying to set a tone and a discipline for things. So now at Hyde Music, if we're late for meetings, Todd and I try to do push-ups for the team and you know, try to get some kind of help. Maybe that's what there. I should do. Right? I could get in See? shape then mm-hmm. because I'm late a lot. That's yeah. one of the things that I am like terrible at. I'm like the one thing that I, I, I will admit to anybody is that I am not good with time. <laughs> you need to trick yourself. All of your Outlook calendar requests, put them 10 minutes earlier or something. I know, something, that's what right? my wife does when she sends me invites. Mm-hmm. And I show up like five minutes late and she's like, oh, we don't start for another 15 minutes, but I knew you're going to be late. <laughs> she's got your number. Right, I like cool. it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, 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 I embrace the fact that I, I'm, I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, so where does, where does that leave Hyde music right now? Like what, what is your mission? Why do what you do? Um, besides the fact that it's like what third generation now, because grandfather to father to, to you and Todd, right? So it's like yes. third generation. But so besides that, like, like why, why get up every day and, and, and get involved in people's music lives? Good question. Um, and being somebody who didn't grow up with music really at the core of my life personally, um, seeing what music can do to a community and to individuals thinking of the things that if there is just that silent pause in the day for how long it can be and how much emotion music can actually bring to you and help you in all the different moods of your life seeing somebody play their instrument and have success in what they're doing and having people that then appreciate that so even if you're not always the player but can appreciate it and feeling like we have a part in that story is pretty humbling and pretty exciting. I try to remind my team of that every day, that no disrespect to people who sell insurance for um, a life or, you know, I think of, I was listening to a man the other day who had so much passion and he lives in the world of, you know, funeral services. But I'm thinking we get to bring music to the world and and truly have fun and bring the music to music community together, relationships. We had a man who stopped in the other day that on his bucket list at 89 years old decided to learn the guitar. That's awesome. I mean, how cool is that, right? Yeah, so I great. think that people always think that you have to have started when you're a little squirt, but that's so not true in the ways that, you know, the ukulele, I think, is becoming that gateway drug of getting more people <laughs> yeah. connected into music. Yeah, that know. was like the high school that I graduated from was um, – they had just started exploring that a couple years after I graduated. Sure. And now it's like a huge program. Did you go to school. Hortonville? I did. Oh, yeah. yeah. World famous yeah, ukulele so program. Mm-hmm. Mr. Fortin, Greg. Oh, he's awesome. He's listening out there. He's probably <laughs> practicing his uke right now. He, right? <laughs> Amazing programs we've been able to do with him. Yeah, the, the Fortissimos, mm-hmm. I think, or whatever. Um, he calls them. He calls their group that. But, um, yeah, he started diving into that pretty hardcore after I graduated. Because <laughs> when I when I was there, it was all, like, marching band, jazz band. And it still is. But um, Uke, I guess, is, like, big there. It's yeah. incredible. And we're trying to work with more schools on even considering more with mariachi music. Really? And remembering that, you know, music just doesn't have to be in a traditional form. And there's no disrespect, you know, as we were talking about the symphony, which we're both very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a 
there's a need and a desire to have classical music in our communities, but what are all the different types of music that we can appreciate and make sure? And I think in schools, that's really important to have all of those offerings so kids, we retain kids in school, they can find their connection yeah. and their community to well, be a part of. Well, and, and I think like the involvement that Hyde Music has had behind the scenes with various different um, you know, organizations shows that it's more reaching than one thing or another. Because like I said before, I grew up going through the school system. All of our music binders were always Hyde Music folders. Thank you. Right? Yes. Um, and then I get to appreciate, I don't want to say more mature music, but you know, you mature as like with taste and, and things like that. And going into high school and stuff, it was all about, you know, concerts downtown. Mm -hmm. And here's Hyde Music sponsoring, you know, the concert series downtown. And then it's like, as I kind of grow out of that phase, I'm like, I start to get really into classical symphonic music because of the thought process and the technicality and the writing and emotions and all that kind of stuff. And here's Hyde Music really involved in pushing that forward and everything like that. So um, I guess where do you see that like where do you see the importance being um for music in a, a community whether it be rock music or symphonic music or kids going through solo ensembles I guess right you know one of the biggest things we really work for and advocate on um that it relates to music in our schools but I think it relates to the whole thing within our community Brad is really what it means to be a well-rounded individual and what it means to have a community that can really embrace the arts and and cultivation and I think music needs to be a large part of that and how it really does bring so much to all of our senses so not just how you hear it but truly think about how a bass when you can feel the bass on something and it yeah. can kind of make your heart beat makes right? my hair stand up on my arm there yeah. you go so it really can fill so many different emotions and so I, I we feel very compelled to be a part of helping to advocate for a well thought out music community, people that can appreciate the various music and art forms because it can't just be one way, right? I think it's much like if you truly believe in, in various forms of diversity, um, if we all only listened to one kind of music or we only had one kind of offering, um, how boring the world could be. And I right. think that's one thing that I feel very fortunate about in, in our type of music setting business at Hyde Music in being, a, we call it a full line music store, um, but that we're not just a piano store or we're not just working on this type of music. So mm -hmm. we get to meet a lot of people that have a lot of different interests and passions, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah, as far as meeting all of those people and seeing all those passions, I mean, it's no it's no uh, secret that over the past few years, like the retail environment has gone up and down, and I'm sure every single retail outlet has felt that, right? Mm -hmm. um, how how does your team go about staying connected from like meeting those people and having those experiences and, and making it more than just say I'm not I'm not going to throw any other brand names under a bus but right. like making it more than just say walking in and buying whatever you need and, and leaving right like how, how does it feel different at Hyde Music well I don't know if we always do it but it would be our goal and our and our desires to be um hitting a better degree of that so one of our core values is we talk about Bravo service and we talk about that both from an external as well as an internal standpoint and how we're taking care of each other and what we're doing and so to me Bravo service is how well do our teams truly know about the products how much are they listening to the consumers and you know you're right about the idea of and we have a web presence and we're working to grow that as we must right you need to have an omni-channel approach mm -hmm. um, 
but that you might research acoustic guitars and various facets of what you think you need and want. But until you can actually maybe put something in your hands and play it and listen to it and listen to it over and over and strum and make sure what are your goals of what you want to be playing and maybe not just today, but a year or two from now, how do we help you to attain that, right? So building a relationship with somebody, if it is just a transaction that you come in and you can grab something off the wall and you leave, to me, then we have failed. Um, and so we very much are trying to work with our team all the time on that. Even if, let's say, it's a, um, an item like a box of reeds. Sure, you know what you need and you come back in. But have we actually talked to you about how you're caring for your instrument? And when's the last time you've had it cleaned? And maybe should it be swabbed out? And how gross is it that it's cold and flu season and you might need Sanimus? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Brad, Anybody that's been in high school band or middle school band right? just got all those gross thoughts. All Trombones <laughs> kind of make me a little nauseous. The row so. of spit mm-hmm. valves. Are just, mm-hmm. you know, you've got it. So, you know, I think that in the, in the state of retail, and it is, it's very tough. Um, and a lot of, you know, retailers are going out of business and it, it has been a soft year for us. It has. And so we have to continue to remember how are we building value and it might not be the right way because, um, we're not overly killing it in certain parts, but we go in, it's kind of like when we opened a store in Madison, um, about seven years ago, we could have bought a really big billboard on the belt line. We could have run a bunch of TV advertisements in a lot of ways to try to let the community know that we were there. Instead, we asked who were the music influencers. So trying to understand their, the mamas, the Madison Area Music Association, who their mission is to put instruments in the kids of hands that can't afford them. And instead we wanted to underwrite granting for them and help to support their mission with the goal that if we're doing the right things consistently and supporting community music initiatives, hopefully those people that believe in those same passions and see a value for music in our community and, and what music brings to the lives of others would say, I wanna then go to hide music for my music needs and trust us yeah. right and like upcoming the, this show will be out after this happens but you have you put on like local shows and small kind of like intimate type of performances with various artists from different places not just from appleton or just from you know home base i guess if you will from right. different stores so that's a that's a different experience that is it feels more hometown and more and um like what is that series of are they, would you consider them concerts would, or, you know, what does that series mean to, I guess, the brand's involvement in the, in an area? Right. So um, we call them anything from a clinic and conversation to various workshops and opportunities. Again, another one of our core values is to educate and entertain. Um, so to Todd and I, it would be that we don't want to just be that place that maybe has sold you a guitar or an electric violin or a trumpet and it goes and it sits underneath your bed or in your closet and you forget about it. But how can you come in and find ways to connect and learn more about it and get to know other people and ask questions and feel good about what you're doing um, and kind of like Norman cheers right come into a place that that you're wanting to that we want to see you and you feel you want to be seen so yes tonight we have Greg Gock coming in he is a fishman artist um, he is coming in and he's a little bit interesting in both acoustic and electric guitar world and he'll be in at Hyde Music for an hour and a half tonight playing and showing off some of the different things that he knows as well as taking questions and doing autographs and free giveaways and whatnot. 
We have again in November coming up here in Appleton and then in December in um, our Green Bay location, Mark Wood, who was one of the people who started the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. That's awesome. Emmy Award Everybody knows artist, them, yeah. Right? So he's kind of very electrifying. He has his own line of electric violins, but he runs a program called Electrify Your Strings, and he works with various school kids and different programs across the country. So he'll be coming to Hyde Music, too, for free. All of those are complimentary workshops. We just want to give people more exposure That's awesome. to different types of music and ways they can feel good about their instruments. And then as far as that exposure goes, like, from my understanding, there's a pretty involved program that you have for from a scholarship standpoint or from a, can you explain like you were telling me a little bit about um, when we were talking about the show in general of like involvement with kids to allow them to be able to play no matter what their means or upbringing or, or things like that. So um, do you know what I'm referencing? Don't I don't know. I mean, we do have a family foundation that we have at the community foundation. Yeah, I think that's um, what and so we, we do various granting. Yep. Um, generally, all that's going through to five hundred one c three programs and school programs that then can work on their kind of ways that they can work with various parts. So, like, we very much give to the youth symphony orchestra right. or various mm-hmm. groups, like I mentioned, to the mamas, um, and different from different needs that they all have to get more access and opportunity to and through music. We are involved very heavily that March is Music in Our Schools Month, and we ver- do various programming through that where schools, um, we get the community involved in talking about why is their school music program so important to them so that when we can advocate at a local, so either the state or national level about the importance of music in our schools, it's really their words, not ours, mm-hmm. as to how do students get more out of their whole school experience in their life because of music, music education. And through that, we have over $15,000 in music products that get awarded back to schools thanks to our great vendors. That's what we were talking about. Got it. Yep. And then we also do a matching program to schools um, where then as individuals come in and give gifts to their schools, um, those the money they give to through Hyde Music will be given back directly, and then Hyde Music does a matching gift of Hyde Music credit for those schools. So we try to give at least $10,000 a year in March is our goal through that program. That's awesome. But annually, we're giving more than six figures plus back to the schools and community music programs through Hyde Music and the Hyde Family Foundation. That's fantastic. And speaking from somebody who came up with a very, I guess, heavily music-influenced household just in general, it's it's hard when you're a kid to fully like appreciate all of that but then once you start it's it's almost like it starts to click light bulbs start to go off you start to pick up on you know i like this artist or i like this or i like these type of concerts and this song makes me feel this way because of that deeper understanding because of all that education and those opportunities growing up it's like you appreciate it at such a higher level than just hearing a song on the radio that you like. Mm-hmm. And um, I, this isn't even a question. This is more of a statement for families I out like there it. that have like kids that um, you know maybe practice seems just like, oh, I don't want to practice tonight. Or, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have to go to these lessons or I don't want to have to go to rehearsal again mm-hmm. or whatever. It, all of that rep- repetition when you're growing up allows you to go to a symphony show, see Joshua Bell or see Itzhak Perlman and like have like get have every hair stand up on because you understand like the quality and how much that means to those musicians that are up on stage with them and and just like how special that moment is. So as far as getting involved early with from a school standpoint, don't count that out or don't think of it as just like, oh, we're just learning, you know, about 
rehearsals and being you know sticking to something or whatever it it makes a bigger emotional impact later on in life that's all i'm gonna say kids don't (laughs) necessarily like to brush their teeth all the time either but we make them do it right we know it's good for them or yeah i'll tell my kids you're gonna you know you're not gonna thank me now but when you're 40 and you know how to play the piano you're gonna be grateful right so said no adult later in life oh i'm so mad i know how to do this instrument yeah my wife could probably laugh if she heard me saying this or when she listens to this i guess what she'll hear me saying this is that like every time that there's like a really epic part of a, a song or a concert or a movie or whatever i'll always like pause rewind listen to this all over again listen to the chord change that you hear going into the chorus or whatever it's just like that's what makes that amazing she's like great cool can we just finish watching this please you're deep yeah well i i I love all that stuff and and i didn't appreciate that until i got into like you know later years of college or ready to graduate college but i learned all of that in freshman sophomore junior year of high school and back into middle school and everything like that so Um, That's why yeah. Hortonville is known as one of the best communities for music education, it is, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And they they are proud of it, and I'm proud of it. And it it meant a lot going through school of having that there, for awesome. sure. Um, so very cool. Uh, one more, like, kind of a, a deviation that I wanted to take, uh, not related to music and schools and stuff like that, but um, more or less just curious to, to know what your take is on this, of the Within, say, three years or four years of downtown Appleton, it could look very different. So your uh, is that like home base for you, is the downtown location for all the different retail shops? It is. So, yeah, so we have five stores throughout Wisconsin. So Appleton is where we were founded, always downtown Appleton, mm-hmm. actually, in 1948. Um, and then we are in Green Bay, just outside of Lambeau Field area there, um, Oshkosh down by the EAA, and... We recently relocated our Wisconsin Rapids store over to Stevens Point and then in Madison. And so, yeah, this is our home base. Um, it's where we have our largest employee gathering. It's where we have, we've been forever. Yeah. So how do you feel about the future of downtown, especially if that's where home base is? Um, I think we've needed some change for a while. I think we have an amazing um, group through ADI, the Appleton Downtown Inc. and the things that they work on. I very much feel that it it what are those um a defibrillator right in some ways yeah, yeah. um and a reinvestment into if we truly believe in what a downtown can do for a community if you think about how cool it is i, I feel like we did for a short period of time we explored seeing if we should leave downtown appleton because it really the footprint of our store is a little bit logistically challenging yeah um for us from a retail operation as well as for our education studios right those a thousand people can come in for lessons every week and they do but they may never come and hang out on our retail floor and i need them to do that yeah. I, I want them to do that i heard you and justin is talking about i don't think that it should be horrible that i have to say i need to make a profit because we reinvest no. that into our communities right so it hurts when i see them walk in with gig bags that have tags from a large place that maybe i know doesn't care about community music programs, right? So right. anyways, but so Todd and I talked about, I said, should we put a big slide in or something or a fireman's pole? <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, so we explored for a while if we should stay downtown. And instead we did buy a warehouse that's just a little bit off of downtown to make that a little bit easier for part of our 
the program of what we needed to run Hyde Music and the logistical challenge we were having, and we decided we do want to stay very much based in downtown, right? How cool is it having the Performing Arts Center, you know, within a half a mile of where we are and um, ways we could collaborate more with Lawrence University, the Fox City's Building for the Arts. So epicenters of if we really look at the cool things, both from a visual arts standpoint um, to all of the performing arts and how can we all kind of more collaborate and be there, but I'd love to see us have more of that communal, this, um, the scalability of living and truly a life cycle of where people are not just coming out. And trust me, obviously, I want to come and have a drink downtown. Yeah, but you bet. Where you really embrace it and think about it for a retail experience and yeah. high quality types of dinners and events and things that you do all day, all night, all weekend yeah. and be a part of it. And a lot of times that, that uh, influx of density paired with culture of like, having all of the music and the arts and everything like that paired with the density of the people living and working and all that kind of stuff means that the quality of everything can go up. Yes. And I think it has the opportunity to do that, to do that in the next couple of years. And yeah. I think that's super exciting. I think um, the part about not being ashamed of, you know, making a profit um, personally, and this is not just to toot our own horn, but like I've always run the business as a, with a belief that like as a collective whole, if you grow together, you have the opportunity to make a bigger impact on people around you. And whether that be schools and kids and music and programs and culture and everything that you guys make an impact on, or whether that be um, something else that's more about basic needs or more about, you know, um, you know, helping people that are, um, you know, less fortunate or Habitat for Humanity or whatever. The right. bigger that you are able to grow as a group, the more the more of an impact that you can collectively have together instead of all living your individual lives. So you can't do that without making a profit. You can't sustainably grow a group like that and be able to make a bigger impact if you're not sustainable. And um, with that being said, I guess like anybody who's listening to this that wants to support a company that does believe in that, but then also directly makes cultural impact, buy all your instruments that hide music. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. So because I think it's pretty it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, like we you go do. to all these thank different you. events and your name is your name is tied to it because you support it and everything. So, thanks for doing all of that. Oh, it's fun. And you know, we also try to be very much engaged on the activity programming part. You know, I think part of the biggest lessons I've learned in life have been through my nonprofit engagements and being a part of boards and truly being a part of them, yeah. right? And meeting different people and learning so much about our community and different businesses and different programming that we can all offer it it really enriches so much yeah very cool so uh thanks for being on the show we got Thank one more, you. We got one more segment all right which is we call this our 50 50 sec, uh, okay. section can i have uh, a drink yet now yeah again? go okay. ahead I just feel like this part got forgotten I, I, we ramble on oh well okay. so we each wrote down four questions for the other mm -hmm. person before the show started and we will randomly select two of these so there's a 50 50 chance of whatever question you cared so much about not being chosen, right? Okay. So uh, who wants to go? You want me to go first or you want to go first? You, I don't care. You tell me. I'll go first. Okay. So you can be the last the okay. last word. Oh, okay. I better not look because one of your pieces of paper is a different <laughs> color. <laughs> I didn't get any help on that. Right. Oh, uh, that's not it. All right. What is your favorite thing about living in the Fox Cities? Um... The favorite thing about living in the Fox Cities, I would say, I explain this to almost anybody that comes here um, that is not from here, is that as far as we were talking about the downtown development stuff, and then it kind of needs a you know defibrillator almost. When If you're not from here 
and you drive down College Ave or or Northland or Wisconsin or 441 or 41 or whatever, you don't necessarily get the impression that it's a super vibrant community, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and this is not a knock on anyone. It's just a, like a fact. If you go downtown, you have the PAC, which looks amazing, and Copperleaf is new, but then everything else, it feels like, you know, you don't know the life that goes on behind those walls. It doesn't feel like up and coming or vibrant or any of that kind of stuff. But what I'm most proud of is the culture that's behind the scenes, almost like underground with with uh, um, arts and music and activities and events and the support that people give to all of those type of events. I you will ask, If you ask anybody that I talk to that doesn't live here, that talk to me, they'll say that it, it took maybe 30 seconds for me to mention how awesome the underground momentum is with culture it is that's my favorite part I would echo that so I grew up in the outside of Madison 28 kids in my graduating class so very small um, which gave me the opportunity to be engaged in a lot of things so I think sometimes you hear a wrath about if you're not from here you can't really be accepted or how do you fit in and I would say that has to be one of the biggest myths, and I think it depends on how you want, what do you want to be a part of in your community? Yeah. Because I would say that this has been a very loving and accepting community to me from being, I guess, an outsider, um, that I've been very fortunate to be asked to be a part of great community programming and different boards where I've learned and met so many people. So while um, obviously a lot of my original friends when I moved here and would have been through my husband and Todd growing up here and living here his whole life, now it's funny that we'll go places and I'm introducing to him to more people or different things because of the different way that people have been accepting or engaging and yeah. embracing. So it's a really special place. Yeah, and to to go along with that, like I've always gotten the impression from people that it's more about where your heart is and where your efforts go and what your motives are. And it doesn't matter where you're from, but if you're here now and you have a great heart and you have great ideas and you want to give to something, people are like, we'd love to have you, right? Right? As opposed to like, so who do you know? Or like, where are you from? Or, you know, and some communities are like that, but I think it's really awesome that this community is definitely not like that. Yeah, it's very genuine. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Awesome. Your turn. All right. Ooh. What's it say? What music department is your absolute favorite? <laughs> that was oh, one I hope you picked. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> um, and I don't have a definition for favorite. So it could be, it could be whatever you, however you define it. I would tell you um, our rental department, band and orchestral rentals. Really? Schools. Mm-hmm. For what reason? Um, it is truly the foundation that supports us being in business. So if we're not um, doing that, thinking about those kids first getting their first taste of a musical instrument, um, we wouldn't we wouldn't be here today, 70 years later. We really wouldn't be. So while I don't like my friend, it's not that I don't like my friends that like 88 keys and pianos, <laughs> but um, I love them too. Um, but being in to get those, um, those school music programs started, um, it's so cool how because it's such a large part of our business and um, is a big part of what we do, it really gets touched by almost one. We have a hundred employees at some point. So even somebody who literally more their passion and their music enthusiasts in our guitar department at some way, shape and form in September when it's back to school, and it's nuts. They have to help in our band and orchestra side. So it is something that brings together our team 
and truly has allowed us to be who we are and what we do. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And you got to think about how many kids start as a re- with a rental and eventually grow up to be just like in love with that particular instrument and then they own, you know, so like you said, it keeps you in business later on. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's somebody who was returning a violin this last week and I said, okay, well, you know, tell me a little bit about why she's not playing violin anymore. And, you know, there's always excuses. And I have those kiddos, too. I trust me. They're Priorities, busy. time, They're, right. busy, I said, okay, sports. well, let's get her on the ukulele. Like, let's get her on something, right? What do, What could be next? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, All right, what do you got? Oh, I'm you're going to go for it. I'm going to go for the one that you put in here last. Uh, That's not a different sheet I might have got some advice from your team. Okay. So this is very important. This is what they've always wanted to know. What, what, <laughs> <laughs> what instrument would you teach an animal and why? Who thinks of this? I'm going to blame producer Matt for this. And what animal? Um, how about, well, I mean, I could cheat and say I would teach him how to play percussion because that's what I played. And I would teach a gorilla because then I could feel like I'm living in the jungle book. Ooh. How's that? How do you feel about that, Matt? Passes the smell test. All right. Yeah, he's not impressed. No, I don't think so. He's busy over there. All right. Museum. Oh. So this comes up a lot as far as like, what could it be? What what could there be? And and there's other things going that go on behind the scenes as well. But like idealistic world 10 years 15 years down the road like what what do you think is the potential for that side of downtown um well um todd's a visionary and at one point we wanted to be a part of a um, a downtown urban living space to develop within that whole corridor of the block that we're on sharing with you we would keep the history museum but we'd love to see some really great first floor retail space high music and you know whatever else we do there well you still have to have the footprint todd's got great ideas about restaurants he'd love to be a part of and jazz clubs and such you can have a space in between where the it's like a dual stage and half of it is playing to a restaurant and half of it is playing to students right think about it like we could create the most amazing music lab and um, environment that people that then live in that area could then experience and have and continue to want to do music playgrounds. stuff. That's a great so. idea. I support that idea. All right. Awesome. <laughs> You're going to invest with us? Sure. You bet. Awesome. I'll keep power in masses, right? Mm-hmm. So you grow and you're not afraid of a profit so that you can invest in cool development stuff we like wanna, that. We want to be here. We're And I shouldn't have said it, just needs a different player. I think there's so many amazing things that have continued to happen downtown and that's great to see. I think to your point, it's also the corridor coming in. So how does it welcome and continue to have it? And the one thing that is odd is how sometimes the streets seem like they roll up, right? After a certain point in the afternoon. So Mm -hmm. that how do we get it though that it feels always centric? I think some people are scared on um, why couldn't we actually have that part of it would be blocked off and you could have it where people would be more a part of that you could walk and play and hang out kind of like being in Times Square in New York, right? Maybe it's not going to be the whole street of college. I mean, but if you could take two blocks yeah. and really make it feel like a community parklet that's in there and where great things could happen and music could happen to drive around one block, yeah, that'd be be pretty cool. And you don't like, time. I've heard the argument that like, oh, our city's not big enough to support that. Well, I was in Burlington, Vermont, and they had one that was a lot longer than two blocks, and it was awesome. Yes. And it was, I think their population size 
is the same, if not smaller, than the Fox Cities, like the Burlington metro area. And it was very cool, the way that they had it laid out. Yeah, and we just have to dream bigger, I, I think. And I think, too, like, it just is weird. I feel like it's so odd how there's... Um, for this area, maybe again, from growing, it, small community in Ma- outside of Madison, but to go from the east side to the west side of Madison, right, can take you an hour. Mm-hmm. Here, I think people get in this weird funk about going from Appleton to Green Bay for something or Appleton to Oshkosh or vice versa, mm-hmm. that we yeah. don't actually, I feel, as a community, appreciate enough more what the new north truly is in this whole region. Yeah. Um, I think we're very, very fortunate at how many incredible opportunities we have if you think about that whole 60-mile radius yeah. and how great that is in the depth. Yeah, especially when you think about Madison as far as like, right? oh, my gosh, you're all the way on the east end. I'm over by the Beltline. Like, right. yeah, so? So That's what? like five miles. Yeah, but right. it's going to take like 35 minutes. 35 minutes is like the time from Nina to Green Bay. Right. That's like like – we have so much accessibility with everything. And then the only time that you don't have that accessibility is when you go downtown and that's only like 10 minutes right. instead of 30 mm-hmm. or 35. And or people complaining about parking or different things. I mean, our meter, our meter maid needs to probably relax a smidge. <laughs> Especially from a retail environment. Oh like. my goodness gracious. <laughs> Seriously. I'll plug those quarters. Just fine. Let it be. But <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, thank you Didi for coming on the show. This has been a lot of fun. Um, and like I said before, it means a lot because I, I, it goes back to when I first started playing uh, instruments when I was a kid of just always thinking about like, oh, we get to go to Hyde's. Like, it was always like Christmas. And, you know, some people like to go to sports stores or whatever. If I got to go to a music store, it was like the best thing in the world. And I still feel that sometimes when I walk in. I just went in like a, last weekend and I bought two piano books. Awesome. Because I'm like trying to teach myself piano again. Yeah. And I, st- I felt the same as I did when I was like 12. We have all we- the holiday music in now. You can get your family all set for I got, Christmas. I got ones that I can play all year long. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but anyways, um, thanks for being so involved in the community and such a part of like education and kids and, you know, whether it be rock music or symphonic music or, or just small little intimate workshops and stuff like that. Thanks for doing all that. And uh, um, I hope everybody can and take this and, I don't know, realize that you can make an impact on culture and, and the things that, that a community feels like. And um, it doesn't just need to be a retail outlet. It can be so much more than that. So thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate it. And everybody have a, a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week, and always continue learning. 